listening to First Church Charlotte. Hello everyone, Nathan Elms here. Honored to have a few moments of your time. My title is this, something to do, something to love, something to hope for. Or if you want to shorten it, you could say do, love, hope. Uh, There is a wonderful passage of scripture that shows this to us through the writing and the teaching of the Apostle Paul. Ephesians chapter number four, we'll start at verse number one. I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. Yes, I'm reading from the original King James this week. I love to mix them up. With all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. Uh, This all started with Paul's appeal that they would walk worthy of the spiritual opportunity that God had given them. He actually refers to this as a vocation, using the language they would understand as their particular economic specialty. You might have a blacksmith, you might have a farmer who perhaps specializes in raising a certain type of crop. Uh, You might have someone who keeps a vineyard. Um, Very different, Uh, each unique, but the economy cannot prosper if everybody does one thing. I don't know why this is so hard for people to understand. Um, I think there's some relationship uh, between spiritual maturity and being able to uh, appreciate different gifts and callings that it seems like some people cannot, they, they, they really, really struggle uh, to grasp that. But I want you to know that if you can grasp it, there is a lot of spiritual wisdom and confidence on the other side of that. Um, whenever I am tempted to criticize the way somebody is doing something, um, I, I, I learned this from my dad, by the way, I oftentimes will pause for a second and ask myself, uh, <laughs> do Am I appreciating what they're doing? I know I wouldn't do it that way. I know it's not my style, my personality, my example, but can I appreciate what they're doing? And is it possible that they are serving a, uh, a place, a portion uh, of the kingdom of God that I'm not? Um, the thing that really brought it home to me was with my own brother's brother and sister, all of us are in ministry, all of us were raised in ministry, but all of us have very, very, very different approaches, styles, personalities, even though we have very similar mannerisms and the like. That's not a bad thing. Um, there is a whole ministry where a blacksmith will do it different than a a vineyard keeper or one who cuts grapes. You understand what I'm saying? A shepherd will operate differently than a fisherman. This this is not a bad thing. Um, however, we can get all mixed up in that and we can start valuing fishermen over shepherds or we can value, you get the idea. Um, walk worthy of the vocation with wherewith you are called. Uh, and then he talks about getting along with people. <laughs> Um, In other words, if you can't get along with people who do it differently than you, um, you're walking unworthy of your gifts. Think about that. That's not a small thing. Um, If I can't appreciate the way another preacher preaches, 
then I'm unworthy of the gift I have received. I'm not walking worthy of it. If I can't appreciate the way another teacher teaches, um, then I'm, I'm unworthy of it. I'm unworthy of my ability to teach. So there's a direct relationship of walking worthy of the gifts God has invested in us um, and this Christian discipline of meekness and lowliness and long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. Um, there's this, it's this, I'm amazed at the scripture, the consistency of, of the scripture and how that plays out in generation after generation, church after church, circumstance after circumstance. Um, there's this relationship between pride and the nullifying of our respective gifts. Does that make sense? Um, there's people in our lives who they, they have things to offer. They have gifts, but their arrogance and their unwillingness to appreciate differences in the talents, gifts, body of Christ, um, it is as though their gift is ruined because they are walking unworthy of God's investing in them. Why? They're, they're people of vanity. They're people of impatience. There's not lowliness and meekness. Uh, there's not long-suffering. There's not forbearing one another in love. And furthermore, they can't seem to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Why is this a problem? Because there's one body, there's one Spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. So off the reservation, let me get back into uh, my notes here, which are available uh, to you. There is a, a great comic from the uh, comic strip known as Pickles. And I it's actually by Brian Crane. And if you look up on his website at December 20th, 2009, you'll see, uh, actually it's not his website, it's I think gocomics.com. You look up, click on Pickles, and then you can uh, enter the date, September 20th, 2009. You see a grandfather talking to his grandson, and he says this to his grandson. In order to be happy, Nelson, you need three things. Something to do, something to love, and something to hope for. Well, that's a whole lot of wisdom right there. Something to do, something to love, something to hope for. So uh, then the, you know, it, the comics plays out where grandma's cooking uh brownies and she asks you want brownies and they both say I do you get it something to do and uh, then she asks uh, well then one says the other I love brownies you get it do now I do want brownies I love brownies and grandpa says I hope we can get a glass of milk too and she says coming right up and they look at each other like something to hope for triple play um, everybody needs something to do something someone to love and um, something to to hope for and this in some way serves as a um, a triangle of completion where we have destiny we have purpose we have calling and uh, the result of that is we are able to make a difference in uh, our life make a difference in other people's lives and so I want to show you uh, some a handful of scriptures here um, that uh, I think bring this into bring this into fruition spiritually speaking uh, we need something to do do you see um, and the result of that is it is better for us it is better for us to um, work toward purpose than it is to simply be and receive the Bible tells us it's more blessed to give than it is to than it is to receive 
that giving is very much tied in with the doing of our work, our calling, our purpose, our ministry. And um, if we cannot actually transmit the power of God, it doesn't matter if we have power. So there is a lot of, uh, well, let's say it this way, God's omnipotent. There's an unlimited source of power in the believer's life. Um, and there's ways of acknowledging that, celebrating that, accessing that. Um, it's not a formula. We can't turn God into some type of a servant where we get the formula right and then God serves. That's not how it works. It's about our heart becoming like Him, not about Him serving us. So although it's His pleasure to bless, and although it is in His heart, just like you like to bless your children, it's in His heart uh, to bless His his children. Um, in spite of that, the, the goal is not for, you know, us to be the uh, most spoiled kid on the block. Um, that would ruin us and that would bring shame upon him uh, as our heavenly father. And so the goal is for us to become like God. Our heart becomes like God. And this this is uh, not a small thing. It's, it's a absolutely profound element of how we, if we're going to get this right, we are becoming day by day more like the image of the Son of God. Uh, this is this is the transformation that happens in the life of, of the believer. And so uh, we have we have this, uh, as it were, trifecta, <laughs> these three, uh, three uh, poles of uh, current and magnetism in our life that enable something uh, worthwhile to happen uh, in us, something to do. It is our nature to do things. Uh, Adam was given a task at creation. His job was the care and order of the garden. He ordered it. He cared for it. He administrated it. He defined it. He named it. Um, and he also needed uh, love. He needed someone to love. It was not good for uh, him to, to be alone. And then uh, he needed purpose. He needed something to look forward to. And these, these three simple but oh-so-helpful directives uh, that are so simple and clear you can put them in a comic strip uh, you will find you will find the scripture repeatedly bringing to your attention and challenging you to uh, heed and learn and uh, make a difference and so what is it in your life that you are in some way uh, looking to do you have a responsibility a spiritual responsibility to make a contribution um, our church very much gets people involved as quickly as possible um, the only uh, we do not we do not in any in any um, divisive manner um, limit people uh, unless um, there is a role of service that is of a higher calling and duty, such as giving word. Um, that's the distinction in the Bible, uh, the one who teaches the giving of the word. Um, but there's, there's no other qualifications or limitations given in the Bible. Now, I don't know how you grew up, but in the Bible, there's, 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 that's where there's church distinction made of who uh, has, shall we say, church and spiritual authority. It's, it's that, that teaching role, that giving of, giving of the word. 
uh, outside of that, we we should be working. We should be serving. You have gifts, um, and you need to make a contrib- contribution. You need to feel a responsibility for your church. You need to feel a responsibility for your community, your city, your family. And it doesn't have to be something grandiose. In fact, I would rather it wasn't. Why? Because it's less likely like likely for you to try if you make it too grandiose. If you make it simple, then it, it gets you involved. And that's half the battle. If you just can get started uh, getting involved. And there was a, I can't remember his name, there was a poet philosopher um, who during, I think it was the Spanish Civil War, this isn't in my notes, forgive me, this is just because I read a lot. <laughs> uh, he was a philosopher slash poet. And they, on the same day, um, he rescued a crow literally a crow uh, that had been damaged somehow in the midst of the war and he tried to nurse that crow back and that same day um, one of the political sides came to him and demanded that he make a political statement and sign a manifesto that they could use to uh, sway people toward their side and he said this um, and I've thought about it for a while he said it's much more it's much more important to rescue rescue crows than it is to get involved and to make political manifestos. Now, at first thought, that that that's one of those kind of things that you, it seems it seems a tad absurd. And there's a part of you that that is like, ah, uh, okay. <laughs> um, I think the point he's trying to make is a point between things that I can actually do, influence and things I can't. Things I do not have. I do not have control over. I can't make the world better like that. That is not making the world better. Making this contentious political uh, type, that's not making the world better. In fact, that's making it worse. And even if I just rescue a crow, that's making the world better, more better, much better than some type of a... And I've thought about that so much because I think oftentimes we work we live in a sense of disappointment in the smallness of our life. We, we wanted a bigger life. We, we imagined a bigger self. And because of that, we kind of pout. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't say that judgy. I think this is all of us. Um, one of the things that I've learned to do is when I'm feeling disappointed is to pray and say, God, if this is as good as it gets, I was honored to be included. If this is as good as it gets, you blessed me for all eternity to include me um, because I have the capacity to live in a type of sulk. And it's not just me, it's you too. Where we're disappointed at the smallness of our life. We wanted bigger for ourselves. And so we're kind of in a sulk. And we can't see that small things don't just, don't simply make a difference, they make us better. Uh, take your gifts, do something, help somebody. Um, make a contribution. Uh, you need something and someone to love. I'm not just talking a dog or a cat or a hot fudge Sunday. <laughs> um, those things are all great, particularly the hot fudge Sunday. <laughs> um, we want to be loved, but the best way to be loved is to give love. Um, if you if you fall into a, a trap where you are noticing. Uh, how much people loved or did not love you. I want you to know the person you are harming is yourself. You know that terrible dysfunction where people cut themselves in order to feel pain because it's a distraction from the real pain on the inside. That's why they cut themselves. Um, The physical pain is a relief to them. 
because it takes their mind off of the psychological or emotional pain. Um, I think we do that spiritually sometimes and in our lives, uh, what we do, what we what we end up doing um, is we fall into these coping mechanisms like who did me wrong? Um, I have a friend who every single time I've ever talked to him um, at some point in the conversation, he has brought up the subject of how um, a group did not accept him, love him, support him. And I always think to myself how sad it is that um, this, I feel like it's an unhealthy coping mechanism. Um, it doesn't make you better, stronger uh, to <laughs> to cope like that. That's a type of, uh, it's as though you're cutting your gift, so to speak. Um, and you limit yourself and you go into a sulk because you imagined a bigger story for yourself than the one you actually got. Um, you need someone to love. You need to give more love than you get. Um, you don't need to try to right-size your love where they, if they love me level number seven, I'm willing to love them up to a level 6.8, maybe a seven on a good day. But if they, um, I'm not talking about tying yourself for years to a toxic relationship. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the day-to-dayness of this. Um, the way for me to generate love is to give more than I receive. That is as though you owned, like the Federal Reserve owns a printing press and they can just, a few keystrokes on a computer, more money pops into existence. You have your own uh, Federal Reserve of love and you can just pop love into existence. Find someone, some person, some family, some friend, even, even you know, just the silly things of life, just things you enjoy, hobbies. Show love and then finally, um, live with hope. Live with hope. Don't settle that your story's done. Your story's not done. It's not done. Your apex of ministry, it's just different now. As the seasons of your life have changed, who are you to say it's worth more or worth less? Who are you to say whether or not God saves by many or by, by few? Have something to hope for. Set a goal for yourself. Yeah, go back to school. Maybe not everyone if it's not your thing, but think about a goal. Um, I, a lady in our church was sending me this past week um, how she just graduated from this and she's already enrolled in this and I don't have her permission to tell her story so I won't hear, but um, I love it. She has something she is hoping for. Um, if there is an arena of ministry in the church, you're not sure if you'd like it, try it. Try it. Tell them you want to try it. Good things happen when we have something to hope for because our goal is to fulfill what the Apostle Paul talked about, is to have a spiritual specialization, <laughs> a vocation. I can't do everything, but I do this. I have a spiritual vocation, and I want to live worthy of that. That's enough. Love you. God bless you. Starting next week, uh, maybe next week, uh, that's up in the air. You'll hear more on that. Uh, we're going to try a different format for Wednesday night, and we're going to have a live online town hall type format. You'll be hearing more about that. We're looking into it, trying to get our technology ducks in a row. Um, but uh, we're doing it to try to create a, to add value, to, 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 to see if there's a, a helpful thing going forward. Look for that information. It's coming up uh, this month. God bless you. We love you. Have a 
Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you will help others find our free podcast and bless them. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to help support our efforts, please text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come, worship with us.